What's up, wrestling fans? Listen to me. We're not gonna take you in the ring. We're gonna take you to the street, the hood. Well, let me tell you something, man. I'm a new breed of black man. The Black Wrestling Podcast. Wrestling from a nigga perspective. Welcome back to the latest episode of Black Wrestling. As always, we're hitting you with wrestling from a nigga perspective. It's your boy Cal. Rockthedub.com. You already know what it is. I would tell the fellas to say what's up, but uh, <laughs> for the first time since we've brought this back, back in January around uh, Royal Rumble time, I'm fine solo dolo. Uh, if I do a quick... Pardon me, I should have prepared before. For those that know, Black Wrestling was a, a thing that I... It was a podcast that I did for a number of episodes. I want to say it was a good 40-something episodes um, of just me. It was something that I did at my previous place of employment... Instead of, I wouldn't say instead of working, but you know, I was not a fan of the work I was doing there. I felt like I was doing a lot more flyer shit online. And uh, let's see, when did I stop? Black Wrestling Podcast ended the first run in, damn, it's been five years. I ended it in, uh, in August of 2012 because... I was leaving my previous job to uh, start working at Complex. And the crazy shit is the fucking five-year anniversary of me leaving that job is when I'm recording this today. I'm August 24th. So, damn, time flies. And it's, it, it, I hadn't even thought about it when we initially brought it back that, uh, that was the time frame that was like we were going to hit that mark or what have you so yeah props to them for letting me go and um, do some fly shit but anyway um you know again i say that to say you know i would literally be i would go on breaks at my job uh go outside with fucking printed out pieces of paper um with match results and news and everything and just sit there and stand by a dumpster and talking to my Blackberry for, you know, an hour and change, then construct episodes at home. I don't know. It's really weird now. Um, shouts out to uh, Ilfam79 and Matt Damon from uh, Where's Buffy for bringing a nigga back into the fold, uh, giving me the uh, motivation to talk wrestling on a weekly basis. Again, I'm, it's crazy to think we're... Uh, 31 weeks into doing this, but again, I'm flying solo, there's no uh, crazy math Damon talk, you know, there's no realness from uh, Ilfam79, hopefully we'll have both of those brothers in next week, but this week it's just me, um, and shit, I got a Herculean task today, I wouldn't even say that if them niggas was on here, but, uh, you know, having to recap SummerSlam from this past Sunday, a bunch of news coming out of Raw and SmackDown, and just a bunch of news in general. Um, hopefully, I won't bore you guys too much. I did, you know, take a celebratory shot of Jack Daniels earlier. So, uh, excuse me. Hopefully, that's the uh, the juice and energy I need to keep you guys entertained for however long this is going to be. Um, Oh yeah, I I have a better audio setup than I've ever had for a Black Wrestling podcast on this episode. Um, and that's that's thanks to the fam for uh, helping me out trying to figure out how exactly I could record stuff on my own. I've got a little recorder, I've got a little mixer, I got a decent microphone. So yeah, we'll don't give a shit about that. We're just gonna keep it pushing. Um, and get, get right into this SummerSlam talk, uh, this past Sunday, what felt like a 27 hour Sunday afternoon slash evening of a decent, 
I don't know. I don't know how everybody else is feeling about the pay-per-view. Um, the main event was amazing. Uh, even though Brock, Brock Lesnar retained, which depending on what side of the fence you were on, uh, you know, you're either happy about that. You're kind of pissed off about it, but, uh, it was a, it was a dope match. We'll get into that in a little bit. I don't want to dwell too much on the pay-per-view, especially because it's just me talking. But uh, oh, and I, before we get into, it, I want to say shouts out to Stack Guy Greg from the uh, Cheap Heat podcast for taking his time out last week and talking to us about SummerSlam. Um, I saw they had some dope stuff going on with their live. Uh, I guess it was a meet and greet live event type situation. I believe Ginger showed up. I don't know. Big tings, big tweens. I, I, I wasn't, I did not get blessed with a pair of those uh, Puma WWE ice cream sandwich situations um, sneakers, but uh, hopefully someday I will be cool enough to get shit like that. Um, I, w- I will say, I, I was live tweeting on the Black Wrestling Twitter account during SummerSlam and noticed that damn about two and a half hours into the show every black person that wrestled lost a match you had uh the six-man tag match where the Miz, Tur- Miz and the Miztourage beat Jason Jordan and the Hardy Boys um for those that weren't on Twitter checking it out and were wondering why it looked like seven people were in the building there Apparently, the Barclays opened the doors around the same time that the Miz and the Miz-Taraz match was going down. So there, it, it looked like there were just a handful of people spread out as opposed to the way that the arena looked when the show started. Um, and that, even though the Miz won, that, did, that spoiled into, or it spilled into Raw the next night. If you saw the Miz cutting that promo, um, there was he he was legit pissed about the lack of people in there because they they're not going to show a lot of replay footage of that. They're not going to that's not it was a whatever match anyway. But it's not like that's something that was saved for prosperity um, because there was nobody there. So it just it looks like they're TNA level low rent on a on a house show tour. Um, yeah, Jason Jordan lost. Neville defeated Akira Tozawa, who was holding the cruiserweight title for like six days. So Titus caught an L. Um, and the New Day lost the SmackDown titles to the Usos. That was on the pre-show. There were any black person involved in a match, that nigga lost. Um, I will say, though, that the Usos New Day match was a lot of fun. Um, it was very, very lit. Um, I could see the Usos and the New Day wrestle all the time. It's funny, no matter how much people talk about super kicks and all, there is um, something about the way that the Usos get their shit out that, you know, I, I don't care about anything being overused at that point. Um, continuing through the pay-per-view... Baron Corbin lost to John Cena in the opener, which isn't a shock. Uh, definitely looks like Baron was being taught a lesson. Um, he didn't really get any shit off on Cena, which I really don't care. I'm not a Corbin fan, but he was at one point seen to be a uh, a heel, you know, one of the top heels, or was going to be molded into a top heel at some point, and... Uh, He's on the back burner now, so you fucked up, bruh. Um, Natalia defeated Naomi. I like the reversals that they had going from uh, Naomi's moves into the sharpshooter. I think they did a couple of them. Uh, I don't, like, I'm a fan of Natalia, so I'm fine with her holding the title. But, you know, there was a lot of talk that Naomi was going to be holding on to the SmackDown Women's Championship for a while. Primarily because it was a glow-up thing and uh, they wanted to sell more of them. So it's interesting to see that uh, she lost it. But, you know, this shit happens. Uh, In a really ridiculous turn of events, Big Cass beat Big Show. Uh, Enzo was out there cutting the weirdest promo 
I mean, it wasn't even like funny. It was. It felt like he was out there going going to work for himself, and you know. We'll get into it in a minute, but it seems like this was one of his, probably one of his last opportunities to really get that type of stage. But we'll we'll talk about it in a sec. Um, the low light of that match, which featured Enzo Amore in the shark cage suspended above the ring, was Enzo taking out a bottle of baby oil, r- rubbing himself with the baby oil. And then squeezing out of the bars to climb down into the ring and then get the big boot from Kaz. So that happened. He's laid out in the ring and then Big Show gets up and he eats two big boots as well. Uh, Kaz wins. On Raw, this turns into the final match between Kaz and Enzo Amore, the tag team that they probably split up for no reason um it went from Enzo being a good talker and Kaz being the guy that Vince wanted to mold into a champion to Enzo getting a shit ton of heat on him backstage and Big Kaz fucking uh getting injured he uh, if you saw Raw my man went over the top rope Landed. It was ugly, ugly uh, landing on the outside, the the ring outside. Uh, reports say that he's going to need surgery for a torn ACL. That's going to put him out of uh, WWE action for something like nine months. Uh, we'll see if it actually takes a nine months. Don't expect to see him before the uh, the end of twenty seventeen, and who knows what's going to happen. When he makes his way back. But it's not even the craziest part. The craziest part is now, like we spoke about, you know, a week or two ago, Enzo Amore is being dumped into 205 Live. He made his debut on 205 Live this week, talking a lot of shit. Uh, there's no word on if um, he's going to actually be into championship contention. But. I would not be surprised. Uh, going back to SummerSlam, that was followed by a 10-second match where Randy Orton defeated Rusev with the RKO. Uh, I don't want to say it was out of nowhere because that shit was telegraphed like a motherfucker. Um, there was a small rumor that I believe was generated on the Dirty Sheets podcast trying to say that Rusev and Lana were looking for a way out of their WWE contracts. Um, Lana then went on Twitter to say, basically say that's some fuck ass bullshit. Get the fuck out of here, bitch. Um, and in this week's observer newsletter, Meltzer is reporting that the reason Rusev got that quick loss was that it, it works twofold. It's, it was designed to be a fluke. Um, and designed to supposedly start a um, a proper program between Orton and Rusev. Um, and I guess it's also supposed to be kind of a, a pat on the back for Orton because he's lost a number of times to Jinder Mahal, uh, whatever. Um, like I hoped, Sasha Banks in the next match defeated Alexa Bliss for the Raw Women's Championship. Uh, she's still a face. She beat her Brooklyn curse. I don't know about you, but I wasn't really a fan of her on Raw. Um, I don't know. Her her baby face delivery. That, there were people that were booing, and I'm with it. It just... When she's a heel and is on some legit boss better than you shit, and she's doing like that fake friendly, that's ill. That's That's ill as fuck. When she's on the babyface thing and sounds like she doesn't give a fuck, that's that's not the business for me. Um, I don't know. I'm assuming that at some point it's going to be a better uh, a, a Sasha Banks Bailey program whenever Bailey is not injured. But as of right now, I probably would have preferred Nia Jax and Alexa Bliss doing a thing. 
this is good. Hey, big girls got to get love too. Um, this was followed by the demon Finn Balor beating Bray Wyatt in a match that you should have, you know, seen a mile coming. Now, for all the talk about the demon and people be- wanting to see Finn Balor in the uh, in the garb and everything, I don't know. It's cool. It looks dope. And he's got like an uh, an intensity, you know. He's got to unfurl his his demon instinct, whatever the fuck. It, I mean, it's it's a cool intro, just like Nakamura is a cool intro. But uh, I, I'm I'm finding it hard to care. Maybe I'm just not that mark. Maybe I'm I'm jaded and old and over it, but. You know, I watched it with Jaden. Jaden loved it. He he was very interested in the face face paint, but it's still a whatever match, you know. And but maybe may, it could be Bray Wyatt. Maybe Balor needs a different opponent. Don't know. Don't care. Um, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose defeated Cesaro and Sheamus for the Raw Tag Team Titles. Uh, Seth Rollins was on his uh, bootleg Deadpool shit. Um, good stuff. Good stuff. The high, but the highlight of this match, one of the highlights of the pay per view, though, was uh, I guess at one point during the match, the crowd started going to business for themselves and were playing with a beach ball. Excuse me. And uh, Cesaro was on the on the ring apron, jumped out, jumped over the guardrail, grabbed the beach ball from whoever was playing with it, and decided to puncture and rip that thing to shreds greatest thing I've seen um, and it's actually resulted in the WWE banning beach balls at least from Smackdown Live I think I was reading but uh, you know stuff like that I get tired of the audience cheering and we're not a-, a we're not able to see it on TV and B they're cheering over a bunch of nonsense like a wave or a fucking beach ball like the, there's motherfuckers in the ring actually trying to put in that work. Give them, you paid all this. I shit, nigga, I ain't paying for this SummerSlam money. I'm trying to get in there for free. Um, shouts out to the people at Tap Out uh, Fragrances, Tap Out uh, Body Spray. Shouts out to John Cena. But um, you know, I'm trying to do that. I'm not trying to pay X amount of dollars for at least SummerSlam and uh, watch some. Grown ass men playing with a fucking beach ball, you know, miss me with the dumb shit. Um, yeah, that was followed by AJ Styles and Kevin Owens. Uh, AJ retained the United States title. Um, decent length match. I feel like it was good, but I don't remember much of it. Their feud is still going on, so you know, it is what it is. Uh, Jinder defeated Shinsuke Nakamura. I was not a fan. Um, the best part about this entire match was the nigga playing the violin for Shinsuke. Um, it, it was kind of cheap the way he lost. Whatever. Um, the Fatal 4-Way, again, for the Universal title. Brock Lesnar defeated Roman Reigns, Samoa Joe, and Braun Strowman. Now, today is not only... Um, again, the damn recording is August 24th. is not only... Vincent K. McMahon's birthday, but it's also the two-year anniversary of Braun Strowman's debut um, in the WWE. If this cat doesn't get away from my door, I will murder him. Um, to see Braun, LeBron, he didn't. He didn't get to flip a goddamn ambulance, but he got he. <laughs> Nigga, he manhandled Brock Lesnar. He not only he he slammed that nigga through two announce tables, and then picked up the third and dropped it on on Brock. They had to get the goddamn EMTs. They they were stretching this nigga out. He was gone for a while. Um, obviously Brock came back, but you know he. They did a great job of building a uh, an intense rivalry between Brock and LeBron. You can tell that Brock, while he can easily manhandle balls, 
a uh, Roman Reigns or a uh, Samoa Joe, he uh, he he's, he has to take a step back and really figure out how to battle a LeBron Strowman who gives no fucks and is just going to beat the shit out of this nigga. Um, Roman Reigns is Roman. I don't know why he has to cock his fist every time he does a Superman punch. It looks stupid. Um, but shouts out to Samoa Joe. Your boy Samoa Joe knows how to, uh, even if he's not going to be the winner, he knows how to talk a lot of shit. Um, when everybody's coming down, um, he's quick to throw a coquina clutch on anybody. I don't know. He's, uh, it sucks because I don't know what his position in the WWE on Raw right now is. With John Cena making his return on Raw this past week. But, uh, you may need something to do. Uh, speaking of Raw, they announced that the main event for No Mercy is going to be LeBron versus Brock Lesnar for the Universal title. That should be dope. Um, for whatever reason, there were there was talk that Undertaker was in New York, and the question a lot of people had was if he was going to interfere was he going to be the man going up and uh making Roman Reigns lose making Brock Lesnar lose and from what I'm understanding people didn't even see him in the Barclays Center he could have been there but there was no there's no shots of him talking to wrestlers there's no talk of him talking to wrestlers so uh it's interesting to think about what exactly he was doing in New York um, again, with in terms of Raw, we already discussed Kaz getting injured and Enzo still losing. And, and he while he was talking shit on uh, on Twitter about Kaz, uh, you know, now his ass is 205 Live. So it's crazy to think that it, this this whole feud ended with both Enzo and Kaz no longer being on Raw for at least the rest of 2017. Good job, WWE. Think of what would have happened if they didn't split these two up. Just saying. How you doing? Uh, one of the high, well, highlights is probably the wrong word. One of the biggest moments on this show, again, was John Cena making his return. Um, again, he is a free agent, so he's been... He was Kurt Angle's surprise for whatever the fucking reason. People, if you did you hear the crowd... When Cena came out, it sounded crazy. I don't know why it was such a major pop. He kind of he telegraphed that it was going to happen on Twitter that day. He said he was going to be in Brooklyn to confront somebody. Basically, been talking shit, aka Roman Reigns. Um, he was being happy, Cena. He was, you know, make cracking jokes. Uh, Roman Reigns came out. They were talking shit back and forth. Then The Miz came out and t- did his thing. And they had a, uh, a tag team match later on. Um, featuring uh, Cena and Reigns as teammates. Up against The Miz. And was it Samoa Joe? I forget. I'll be sleepy. Um, yeah, Samoa Joe team with The Miz. And Cena and uh, Reigns won. Uh, now, aside from... The Miz talking hella shit on the mic. There was something else I was going to say. Um, I totally forget. I, I really had something to talk about or bring up regarding that situation. It probably wasn't that important. But, uh... Oh, oh this is what it was. The, uh... There's been questions, you know, as... as again, as we know that uh, Lesnar and Strowman are going to be the uh, the match for No Mercy. The question was, why is John Cena coming over and immediately targeting Roman Reigns? Now, from what I've been reading, the there's a specific reason Vince has got Cena over on Raw. Their idea is that Cena will be helping to build some of this younger talent you know, specifically a Roman Reigns, but uh, I guess they, uh, there's no denying that Cena is still the biggest superstar there. Uh, 
but he's also on the t- on the downside of his career. He's not. He'll probably win the championship again to uh, establish himself as one notch better than Ric Flair at the very least. But uh, he's not doing tours. He's not going to be in there week in, week out. Don't even expect that from him for uh, extended periods of time. So he has to, you know, start helping bring the, the, the new guard up. And that they want him to specifically give Roman Reigns the rub. Now, the interesting part is, and I know it's the end of August, but there's already rumors about WrestleMania. Um, y'all niggas is going to hate it, but it sounds like the WWE is planning on doing Lesnar reigns again at WrestleMania 34 as the main event. Um, they're, 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 they're planning on doing a Cena Roman reigns match as well. There's no word as of right now as to when, Cena and Reigns would be facing off. I don't know if it's going to be at No Mercy, but uh, don't be surprised if it's sometime before the end of this year, or at the very least, the Royal Rumble. Um, but Roman has to get, you know, a significant win over Cena, I think, for them to feel that, you know, it's justified and Cena's actually, you know, passed the torch to the next Superman who, you know feels no pain um in terms of smackdown it was an interesting show uh for while there was no new day for whatever reason um shelton benjamin did return and i don't want to say the wwe's racist but it's interesting that they immediately have him doing a uh meeting uh chad gable who let's see if we can unpack this real quickly Shelton Benjamin and Charlie Haas were America's team who were under the tutelage of Kurt Angle back in the day. Um, Charlie Haas is white. Shelton Benjamin is black. Uh, People saw American Alpha, which was Chad Gable and Jason Jordan, where Jordan's the black guy and Gable's the white guy, as kind of an updated version of uh, America's team. I... You have to think at some point that Shelton Benjamin will be replacing, uh, not replacing, that he'll be turning on Gable and they would feud at some point, more than likely to give Gable the uh, the elevation that he would need to go on whatever trajectory they want for him. But uh, you should, while you shouldn't be surprised that Shelton and Gable were already put together, it's really cheap. Again, because Shelton's like 20, let's say 20. He's a number of shades darker than Jason Jordan. If you held a paper bag up against him, Jordan would be in the house. Shelton would be in the field, if you understand what I'm saying. Um, but it's dope to have Shelton. Shelton was rumored to be coming to WWE back when they did the first, when they did the draft. Was it last year? Or the shakeup? It was him. It was MVP. Um, I don't remember what it was, but he was one of the early names, and I think he was injured for a bit, and I, it looks like he's ready. Um, hopefully, we'll see what he can do next week. Um, Bobby Roode, who lost the NXT title at TakeOver, got the call up. He's on the main roster. He's on SmackDown. Um, he won a quick match, and there's he's being portrayed as a babyface right now. Um the for anybody wondering why it sounds like the WWE wanted him initially to be a heel they wanted Bobby Roode to flex that glorious uh heel uh character on smackdown <sighs> fucking corbin fucked it up corbin was supposed to be top heel He's not around. Cena had to be moved, so they needed a face. I guess they figure Bobby Roode's the one that can move into the face position early, earlier than everybody else, and really uh, work his magic. Hopefully, they figure out what the fuck's going on on SmackDown and allow uh, Bobby Roode to go heel, be the heel that we know he can be. 
be the uh, Ric Flair slash Arn Anderson slash Tully Blanchard that, you know, we've talked about him being in the past. Um, I did mention NXT TakeOver. If you're a fan of actual wrestling, you should fuck with the uh, NXT TakeOver 3 in Brooklyn show. Uh, five matches. All of them are great. Some better than others. Um, while Ember Moon did not win her match against Asuka, um, she it, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with her because Asuka did break her collarbone legit during the match and she's going to be out of competition for a while um, with no other women be really being brought up yet. It will be interesting to see what happens with all of that. Hopefully Ember gets the the rub by default, but we'll see. I'm um, speaking of women in pro wrestling. Um, the uh, the uh, what you call it, the May Young Classic is going to be starting soon. You can go to blackwrestling.rockthedub.com. There is a post there about the uh, black women who are on there. I believe it's five or six. I don't think any of them are destined to win, but we'll see. Again, everything is a work. This is a tournament, but I'm pretty certain one of those white ladies are going to win. We'll see. Um, For fans of Dolph Ziggler, he was on SmackDown this week as well. And, you know, they are advertising that he will be making his return next week. So it'll be interesting to see what that brings. Uh, Who even knows how... Uh, what what his cachet is with the WWE audience right now? Does does anybody even really give a fuck about him? Announced quietly this week, something that I've been hoping for for a bit. Uh, Leo Rush, who's a superstar that uh, I believe he was in ROH. Let's just I don't want to be out here lying to y'all. So let's just confirm where your boy's been. Yeah, he currently signed to the WWE this week. Yeah, he was in ROH. He was the uh, 2016 Top Prospect Tournament winner. Um, You probably also saw him. He had a stint as the CZW World Heavyweight Champion as well as a former two-time CZW Wire Champion in uh, Jersey's Combat Zone Wrestling. Uh, He's 22 years old, so uh, he's got some... uh, He's got some, some, some... life to live, but he's already got, you know, a name for himself. Uh, he, uh, he was in ROH for the last two years. He, um, it's funny to think about how many people are coming in. Cause again, you know, NXT Adam Cole interfered at the end when, uh, Drew McIntyre beat Bobby Roode for the NXT title. And as he was celebrating Adam Cole and a couple guys attacked him. So that's like an immediate, you know, program there, but, uh, there also him, Bobby Fish, and, uh, other man's name, I'm, his name is escaping me right now. Um, there are ROH guys. Ambrose is an ROH guy, Seth Rollins, Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, um, AJ Styles, Kevin Owens. Like, it's funny to see, you know, and I'm, this isn't a Vince thing. This is all a Triple H thing, of uh, how important ROH really is to the current WWE model right now. There's a lot of talented guys coming from there that are helping change the dynamic in the WWE as well as they can. Um, there are dope matches. I don't know if a lot of them are like the the ROH quality um, in terms of main events, but. You know, shouts out to them for being a dope breeding ground. And hopefully, Leo Rush gets some time to work. He's a smaller dude. He's only like 5'6", uh, 161 pounds. He uh, is probably 205 Live destined, but I'd like to see him at some point make it up to the main roster. Um, we'll see. Uh... Moving right along, uh, motherfucking, there's a a, uh, a Ric Flair update. I don't remember where we left off with his situation last week. As of 
now. He's still currently hospitalized, but the uh, the word is that day by day he's getting stronger. Um, things are a lot more uh, optimistic for him in terms of his situation right now. He's been there were I don't know if it was jokes or facts, but there's been talk about him like cutting promos on nurses. Um, he's definitely been you know in communication with his family, Charlotte Flair. I believe is I don't know if she's wrestled at all. She wasn't on the SummerSlam card, and I'm assuming she's been at or near the hospital to be with him. Um, they're uh, saying that he does have an infection, and his kidneys need to be functioning properly. Um, I guess before he can leave, uh, they're also saying that he was fitted with an external pacemaker. Um, and at some point, they're going to have to install it internally. Um, the reason it was external is because they probably felt that he, uh, his body wouldn't be able to handle another surgery so soon. Because you figure it's only been about, you know, it's almost been two weeks by the time you'll hear this since he's been having issues. Uh, but it's good to hear that the Nature Boy's still doing his thing. You know, everybody at the Black Wrestling Podcast, we... Uh, Huge fans grew up on him. You know, again, we spoke about this last week, about his legacy. But, uh, you know, and it's... My man was living that life he was talking to a fault. You know, it's dope to hear that, hey, I uh, I, spend, I spend more money on my shoes than you do on your house. And, you know, I'm buying out the bar and, you know, I'm smashing 40 chicks after the match long into the early morning hours but uh that takes a toll you know you can't do that every day of the week and he was probably doing it harder than anybody else and twice on Sundays especially during his heyday so uh these things happen you know hopefully he can pull through and we can see him at the very least at Wrestlemania this year um to get a standing ovation from everybody who fucks with him but yeah pull through Nate. Um, now I have to bring this up just because we've talked that we've covered it so much. Um, it was crazy to see this week that John Jones, who uh, recently just won the UFC championship, uh, failed a, it was his, he failed his USADA, uh, drug test for, uh, UFC 214. Um, it was conducted after UFC 214, um, and as you know, that is the night that he knocked out Daniel Cormier to win the uh, light heavyweight title. Um, his camp is not believing that he even failed. It, it's hard to tell. I'm assuming there's going to be an investigation. Um, it said that he tested positive for Turinabol, which is a steroid. Um and as of right now, he's still technically the light heavyweight champion. Um, but assume that that shit's going to be stripped again. You know, again, he, he, uh, he had, that was his, one of his, I believe his second fight after being, uh, put in the rehab for some Coke situations. Um, now it's interesting to see what's going to happen to him. Uh, it looks like the last time this happened was 10 years ago with Sean Shirk. Uh, they failed their... Uh, he failed his UFC 73 drug test. Um, he had his UFC title stripped from him. And he was fined $2,500 and got a 12-month suspension that got reduced to six months. Um, Jones could be facing... Uh, his win against Cormier being overturned. I'm um, having to return what money he won that that night, as well as the UFC light heavyweight title. Um, but here's where it gets crazy. USADA, who is the uh, governing body over uh, drug testing for UFC, would be marking him ineligible for four years. Uh, he'd be facing a $500,000 fine from the UFC. Um, he would get a suspension from the California state, um, admission and getting a fine of up to 40% of his purse from that night from California state, uh, um, association. 
as well as a civil lawsuit from Cormier uh, for on a battery charge. Now, if you think that sounds crazy, uh, negative, that's why USADA, you can't fuck with USADA. That was a big deal when the last year or so when they came through. If you get pop, they're not playing around uh, in the post-Benoit era. You know, the shit is dangerous. It's not cool. Um, but we'll see. Now, the question, because a lot of people thought Lesnar was going to drop the belt to set up Lesnar Jones sometime later this year. I think they were eyeing November. Um, even if that wasn't a card, which, based off the SummerSlam win, I doubt it was anyway, uh, that would be out the window. Um, I don't know, because this is so so public, and he wasn't a WWE guy anyway, I'm on the other side of not thinking that the WWE would want to bring Jones in, although I know people have questioned if that was going to be a situation. I personally can't see it. I don't really want to see it. I don't care for John Jones being in the WWE. Um, that shtick works in UFC, I don't know if that's a thing that, you know, Vince McMahon is trying to bring forth to the WWE. But again, there's some questions about Lesnar's last UFC drug test and uh, that nigga's US universal title holder. So, who knows? Um, shit, what else is popping this week? It was an interesting story involving Virgil. Now, let me pull this up so, I'm again, I'm not out here lying to y'all. Word is that there's a, <laughs> there's a porn star by the name of Sherry DeVille. She's planning on running for president in 2020. Now, I initially heard this story because if you go to pornstarforpresident.com, her information is all laid out there. I'm going to assume that's not safe for work because porn, uh, it doesn't look there's any nudity here. Um, yeah, she's running for president with Coolio as her vice president. Um, there's, she's got her platforms in healthcare, immigration, education, trees, I mean, marijuana, um, the environment, equality, and campaign funding reform. I'm going to assume she's a Democrat. It doesn't really say here. But yeah, I'm assuming she would run for Democrat. But yeah, Coolio's listed as her vice president. Um, it looks like a couple of other porn stars are taking up other positions in her office. But the nigga Virgil is, has been hired as her personal bodyguard. Now, off the bat, they hyped the shit out, this nigga. Known best for his legendary professional wrestling career, he had great success as, as being the Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase's bodyguard. On what planet was his wrestling career legendary or did he have major success? Did he win anything other than the fucking million dollar, dollar title, which held no real weight? Um, and he was one of the members of the NWO. Uh, <laughs> they list here that Virgil has a unique insight on Donald Trump because they met several times at WrestleMania. Now, from what I understand, Donald Trump don't even want the brown-skinned people in his towers that clean the rooms and serve the food to be in his presence. I don't care how many WrestleManias were at Trump Plaza. Trump was looking like looking at Virgil like he was a nigga. So I don't know how much insight Virgil could have aside from Trump's racist, which the rest of the world already sees. Whatever. Um, and I also don't know what he would be doing as a personal bodyguard. That nigga's gonna jump for catch a bullet for a porn star. You kidding me right now? But yeah, that's a thing. Again, you can go to pornstarforpresident.com. Um, they've got hashtags you can share. They ain't asking for any money yet, but we'll see. 
Um, fucking Virgil. I guess you got to stay out there somewhere. But uh, damn, I feel bad because this might this is high key the shortest episode and probably the least funniest episode of Black Wrestling. But you know, without my niggas, I ain't really got much going on for you guys. Um, but you know, it's a very special episode again. You know, we're we're thirty one episodes into the second season we had about 40 some episodes in the first um i'd love to know one sec i'd love to know what you guys want to see more of from black wrestling uh it seemed like people were enjoying some of the tweets during SummerSlam this past weekend um you know i, I know fam's a fan of everything black people did on raw and smackdown uh, but I, I wonder, you know, what else could we be doing? Did you guys enjoy the Rodney Miggity 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 Mac Invitational Tournament? Would you like to see more stuff like that? Do you want to see us digging more into the history of pro wrestling? Maybe taking on, you know, looking back at certain pay-per-views or, you know, fantasy booking different scenarios um, would you like to see more profiles of black wrestlers? I, that was one thing I wanted to do when I first started the site on a whim on a Sunday afternoon. Um, was really, I'm a big, I'm a firm believer of making sure that our history is told by us. And with the internet, it's very easy to have a voice that no one else can fuck with. Uh, I'm not saying that I'm, you know the authority on any of this stuff, but I'm a lifelong fan literally since I was three years old. You know, I've been a fan at some part, sometimes bigger fan than others, but, uh, you know, always checked in and there aren't too many. There's a couple of podcasts. Shout out to some of the podcasts out there. Um, at mania, um, you know, slam bros, a lot of the guys who are in, Rassle rap, you know, who are in our space, uh, blending this worlds of uh, pro wrestling and niggadom together. Um, it's a beautiful thing, and I love seeing people do it. But you know, we gotta we gotta own our own lane. And I think highlighting the struggles of black wrestlers and really looking at the history of things and how that stuff ties into today is a beautiful thing that a lot of people aren't doing. Or, I mean, if I were to pose questions or ask you guys to ask us questions about what we thought about stuff, would you want to do that? Would you want to hear myself, fam, and math talking about, you know, your you, the, the topics you guys bring to us as opposed to us, you know, just jonesing on the pro wrestling of today? I don't know. I don't know what you guys want to know. Um, holler at me. Um, at Black Wrestling is the easiest place on Twitter to hit us up. Or a black wrestling at gmail.com. Do I have a black wrestler for the week? I might have to give that distinction to our truth. Which I know he got his ass kicked by Elias once again on Raw. But the fuck can you say, you know? At least a nigga went out there and challenged him. You know, so it's part where we crank it up. He just got his ass cranked up. Ooh, it's, I'm sorry, Matt. I, I apologize for saying that. I know that's... If you were here, you would check me on that. Um, but yeah, I'm going to have to go with R-Truth. Do you, do you guys think R-Truth could make it to the WWE Hall of Fame? I mean, Coco Beware is there. So it can't be that impossible for our truth to make it to the the hall the hall of fame right and he's only got so much time left because that nigga old he your great uncle old at least that's how he looks sometimes i don't know shout out to our truth um that's gonna wrap it up for me today yeah this is a very short episode um i don't know what y'all want from me though i can't crack jokes on myself um, to myself, uh, and realistically, if you were 
on the if you were on to the podcast back in the day, this is what we did. You know, this is what I did. I I turned on the mic on my BlackBerry, talked some shit, gave you guys a bunch of information, and then we stabbed out. I the only thing I can't do is put copywritten music on this because it's going on SoundCloud and I don't want them sending the feds after me. Um, if you want to catch the squad on social media, you want to holler at Ilfam, at Ilfam79 on all your social media channels of choice. Um, at Math Damon, that's M-A-T-T-H-D-A-M-O-N on Twitter for Brother Math. Um, I'm at Cal on Twitter, at Black Wrestling on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, the website is blackwrestling.rockthedub.com. We do this every week, every week, every Friday and or Saturday. Um, new episodes come out. Um, you can catch us on SoundCloud as well as on iTunes and Google Play. If you fucks with what we're doing, please give our show a like subscription, comment, review, share it with your homies. You know, if you got hip-hop fans who kind of fuck with wrestling or at least watching on Monday Night Raw, you know, tell them to check us out. You know, we're doing some shit. Um, You can catch Ilfam79 and Matt Damon every Saturday on the Where's Buffy podcast. For more information on that, you can go to wheresbuffy.com. Um... I myself, I started a new podcast. It's called Deep Concentration. Um, There's no set schedule on it. Um, I'm going to be just interviewing people that I find interesting, um, especially ones that are in the creative space or are really doing things for themselves. Um, In the first episode, I interviewed Will Caso, who is a uh, a Trenton-born graffiti artist, muralist, who is now living in Vermont. we spent a spent a good amount of time talking about his history, the history of the Sage Coalition, um, as well as the uh, graffiti and hip hop scenes in hip hop in uh, in hip hop in Trenton. Um, check that out. Uh, it's uh, deep concentration on iTunes. Um, there's also uh, at Deep Con Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, again, BlackWrestling.RockTheDub.com. We are always giving you wrestling from a nigga perspective. Uh, Until next week, I will catch you. This is Cal at Cal on Twitter signing off. Peace.